Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today, we are going on one last adventure with Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> one more ride, right? I thought, we all thought that Last Crusade was the last ride. And then we thought Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was the last ride. But wait, there's more. <laughs> well, there was some buzz about replacing Harrison Ford and having a new Indiana Jones. Yeah. it was. People were talking about Chris Pratt, and I'm 100% glad that they didn't replace Harrison Ford at all, let alone with Chris Pratt. And Harrison Ford has said this is his last time reprising this role and that Indiana Jones just needs to be done here. Mm-hmm. So... You never know. Movie studios later might try and revive it with somebody new. But as of right now, this is supposed to be the last one. That's that's good. You know, I'm glad Harrison Ford's like hanging it up. He still looked great as Indy in this movie. I mean, he still looked like Indiana Jones. He still felt like Indiana Jones. Do you know, did they do all of their own stunts in this movie like they did in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? I think he did some of them. I don't know Uh, if he did all of them. I mean... He's like 80, isn't he's he? He's 80, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was in his, what, 70s when, well, maybe it was less than that, like late 60s. He was in late 60s in, in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and he did all of his own stunts in that. They they didn't use CGI for most of the stunts there. I think there was one CGI scene in that as far as stunts go. Didn't he get injured during that yeah. filming? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah. At that and Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. It, it sounds to me like he did some of them, but I don't know which ones. It just sounds like it was some of them. You know, what? how old is he? He's 81, I think, right? I think, I think so. he's 81 years old, which I think is apropos for wrapping it up for Indiana Jones because Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in 1981. That is perfect. <laughs> Numbers. There you go. See? It's all connected. <laughs> there it's all you go. connected. So, okay. So, you've obviously, you've seen the Indiana Jones movies before. I also have seen all the Indiana Jones movies. I happen to be a huge Indiana Jones fan, but I have a question for you. What was your hype level going into this? Where where do you sit with Indiana Jones? All right. So I've seen the Indiana Jones movies. I've seen the first three a couple times. Okay. The fourth one I only saw once. Really? And that fourth one, when did that one come out? 2008. 2008. Yeah. That's probably the last time I've seen an Indiana Jones movie. I have not watched one since then. Okay. Now, it's not that I wouldn't watch it. Like, if it happens to be on TV, I think I would watch it. But we don't, who who watches TV like that anymore? Right. Yeah. You know, there's not, we're not just having it on a channel. Right. It's yeah. not like TNT's on and, ooh, this is playing, so I'm going to watch it. But you if know? you walked in and I was watching Indiana Jones and the I Last would, Crusade, I wouldn't walk out like, oh my God, I'm not watching this. You know, <laughs> I would sit and watch it. But I am not a super fan. Like, I. Okay. I could care less if there was a fifth movie that came out. I It doesn't affect me whatsoever. You are definitely way more excited about this. I was just <laughs> like, so eh, excited all right, <laughs> there's another movie to I watch, was, I guess. I was so excited about this movie. Yeah. Like, I love Indiana Jones. I'm ready for more Indiana Jones. I'm always ready for more Indiana Jones. But then I heard that it wasn't Steven Spielberg that was directing it, and I got a little less excited about it. But I was still up. I was still up. I was still ready. I was like, okay, all right, James Mangold, good director. I'm in, right? And then even more so when Spielberg came out and said, I've seen it, and it looks great. I got even more excited about it. 
and you you mentioned I'm an Indiana Jones fan, and I don't think that 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 people simply understand quite how much of an Indiana Jones fan <laughs> I am. So I I brought I literally brought a I brought a a prop here. Now people can't see this, but I want you to tell me here this prop here. Tell me what what you see here. That looks like a receipt. It is. I brought the receipts, right? <laughs> no, it's not a receipt. It's actually a return slip. So back in 1989-1990 time frame. I was 15, 16 years old and obsessed with Indiana Jones, like I am pretty much the whole time of my life. I mean, he's been around since I was, you know, seven or eight years old. And this is a receipt. This is a return slip for a whip at a at a tackle shop in Harrington, Delaware, where I bought a whip. I went out and I bought a bull whip because not for Halloween. Not for Halloween, just because I wanted to dress like Indiana Jones and I wanted the whip. <laughs> so I got, so I got the. You're I how bought, old did you say? I was 15, 16 years old. And you're still dressing up for Halloween. It wasn't Halloween. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't Halloween. It was just because. It was cosplaying. It was cosplaying, but like everyday cosplaying. I had the hat I sent away for like the actual official Indiana Jones hat that when you turned it over inside the crown, it had the Indiana Jones logo in it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I practiced with that whip for like an entire day, and it broke. And so I brought it back to the tackle shop, and they didn't have any more of those whips. So I said, I always said to myself, I'd go back at some point. And I never ended up going back, but I still have the receipt. I still have that 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 return slip. I don't know if that tackle shop still exists in Harrington anymore, but if it does, I may at some point go there and be like, can I use the $17? <laughs> <laughs> $17 for an actual authentic leather bullwhip back in the day. Yeah. 1989-1990 time frame. Not a bad deal, right? Nowadays, it would probably probably have to add like 60 bucks to it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, but anyway, so yeah, so I safe to say I'm an Indiana Jones fanatic, even more so than Star Wars actually, just because Indiana Jones was attainable, you could be an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. You know? I wanted to be an archaeologist. Every time I saw a movie, I wanted to be something out of that movie. Like Jaws, wanted to be an oceanographer. Don't know why. Just loved it. I I was like super fixated on like, I want to do this. I want to do that. You're a kid, you know, nine, ten years old, you know. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so that's (laughs) that's where I sit with Indiana Jones. So why don't you tell everybody who's in this movie and then we can get into the story. All right. As you mentioned, this was directed by James Mangold. It was written by Jez Butterworth, John Henry Butterworth, David Kep, and James Mangold. It stars Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. We bring in Phoebe Waller-Bridge as Helena. Antonio Banderas is in here as Ronaldo. Yeah, I didn't recognize him at all. I had no idea that that was. I knew right away Antonio that's Banderas. who it was. And I... like. Yeah, we'll kind of get into it later, but I was really trying to figure out who this character was supposed to be. So, well, I yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll a talk about bit. that later. Karen Allen comes back as Marion for a brief moment, but for, she's in here. Yeah, at the very end, they didn't do her any service there. I'm no, sorry. John Reese Davies is in as Sala. Yeah, uh, we've oh, got kind of a useless role for Sala too. Like, what's the point? It's it's totally in there for a callback and callback reason only. But I think they were trying to avoid too many callbacks, but I feel like do something with it. At least 
make it worth his time, I guess. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I suppose. All right. We've got Toby Jones as Basil Shaw. We have Mads Mickelson as Dr. Voller. And Ethan Isidore plays Teddy. Who was the stunt double for Indiana Jones at the beginning of this movie? Does it say? Or was that entirely CGI? Was that Harrison Ford and they just CGI'd everything on him? I'm not sure. I did read an article that Harrison Ford did do that acting with the dots on his face thing. The mocap stuff? Yeah. So there was that done... And then they went through film footage of prior movies Mm -hmm. to get his face and different expressions to put on there. So I don't know if it was all him or if it was a mix of him and a stunt double. Mm. That's what it sounded like to me. It was maybe a mix. Okay. But I haven't watched enough interviews yet to see what it all was. This movie just came out. So there's just not a lot of information out quite yet, but I'm I'm guessing there's going to be tons of stuff out here in the next few months or so. Oh yeah. Well, and when we eventually get the 4k box set of all five Indiana Jones movies, (laughs) probably going to have a little bit on there. Now the Butterworth brothers, the the I knew the name from somewhere and I just figured it out. It's from Spectre. They wrote Spectre, which is a Bond movie. Interesting, right? That is interesting. I feel like the Bond movies come up a lot in connection with Indiana Jones for some reason. There is a reason for that. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so there was, and you probably know this story better than I do, honestly, but apparently when Star Wars was... Being released, yep. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg went on vacation. Yeah. Well, um, let me just give a little context. Lucas thought that Star Wars was going to flop and that his career was going to be over. And so he ran away to hide in Hawaii during the premiere. I would do the same if I could, <laughs> right? I'm going to go hide in Hawaii. <laughs> and Spielberg went with him. So apparently back when Star Wars was first coming out, mm-hmm. back in the 70s, Lucas was nervous about the release. And so he <laughs> went to Hawaii to he, just kind of escape. Thought, he thought his career was going to be over. <laughs> and Spielberg went with him. And while they were sitting there on the beach discussing things, Lucas, Spielberg, you know, what? kind of movie do you want to do next and steven spielberg said he wanted to do a james bond movie and that's kind of when lucas pitched this idea of something better than james bond and kind of told him about raiders of the lost ark spielberg loved it and they kind of worked out the character's name though because he didn't like the character's name indiana it wasn't indiana jones it was indiana smith smith yeah Originally Indiana Smith. And then they came up with Jones at some point in there. But anyways, so this was thought up of while they were hiding from the success of Star Wars. One of them was anyway. (laughs) The other one was just on vacation like, hey, George, how's it going? I've just made my second blockbuster in a row. What are you doing? Oh, I might have just ended my career, Stephen. So what do you want to do next? Yeah, like, (laughs) oh, man. So interesting, interesting subplot to that story is that they signed a deal with Paramount Pictures for five Indiana Jones movies. Well, they have They now have five, right? (laughs) I didn't know that, but I just found that out. But uh, interesting, right? Yeah, very. 
All right. Should we get into the story of this Dial of Destiny? Let's do that. So the movie opens in 1944 with a flashback. It's a technique that was last used in The Last Crusade, a flashback to an earlier time in Indy's life. And this is basically Indy being captured by Nazis. His his Another most thing frequent that happens foe. A lot. Yeah. Nazis. It's his most frequent foe. This dude, three out of five films, he's dealing with the Nazis. It's no problem. I got no problem watching Nazis get punched in the face. It's cool. <laughs> Anytime you can punch a Nazi, that's a good day. So he's captured, and they they call him. They say he's a spy, and they try to hang him. But they end up, this is all happening during a bombing raid by the Allies. And a bomb drops down into the base. Doesn't detonate right away, but sinks into the floor and goes down a few floors, like wooden floors. And it blows up and, and Indy manages to get himself free. He he does manage to get himself out of a lot of very dangerous situations that don't seem like he should be able to get himself out of them yeah yeah that's an indiana (laughs) jones trait though yeah i mean if you think about it he has luck on his side that's his superpower that or he's just (laughs) that damn good man i mean like what luck was it that he just that he cut the bridge over that that river in temple of doom right that wasn't luck he did that he was like, I know I can either survive this or I'm going to die, but I'm not letting him have these stones. And so he chops it like <laughs> just to get away. Jeez. That guy, Indiana Jones, man, could do anything, right? Yep. So he ends up on a train where his colleague, Basil Shaw, has also been captured. And we find out that they are looking for the Spear of Destiny. It's called the Lance of Longinus, I think is what it is. But basically, it's the spear that pierced the side, allegedly pierced the side of Christ during the crucifixion and drew the blood that ended up in the Holy Grail. Now, this would be a good adventure. This is an Indiana Jones adventure. Going after that spear? Are you kidding me? That's exactly what they should have been doing, in my opinion. That's my opinion. They should have been doing that. Well, of the four previous movies two of them did have to do with religious artifacts three of them had to do with religious artifacts temple of doom also had to do with religious artifacts yeah not christian artifacts no, not but religious christian, artifacts but they were used in occults yeah yeah so i suppose yeah we could all we can get into that whole thing about religions and cults thing if you want to but it they were all religious artifacts the only one that wasn't was the was alien the crystal skull they're not aliens the aliens you just watched it It wasn't aliens <laughs> they say it's not aliens stop interdimensional that. creatures yes they're from the space between spaces come on that's just too big of a mouthful of words to say so just aliens people kind of know what you're talking about no they no <laughs> no <laughs> Aliens are aliens. Interdimensional beings are interdimensional beings. Come on. Interdimensional <laughs> beings come from another dimension. Aliens come from space. All right. <laughs> I'm still not going to go and say that every time because it's just, it's a big mouthful. Well, then I will correct you every time because I will not accept the slander of the kingdom of the crystal skulls. Okay. All right. The MacGuffin. They were not aliens. Anyway. All right. So back to this story. So it turns out that the lance that they have, because the, the Nazis have the lance, or they think they do, it turns out that that lance is actually a fake. 
But there is a prize on the train. The Dial of Archimedes. And Indy fights his way through a bunch of Nazis, rescues Basil, and takes the dial with him. And then they chase they get chased onto the roof of the plane or the train, excuse me, and they fight, and then Basil ends up shooting the bad guy. And Indy and Basil jump from the the train into the into a, a river. And Somehow don't manage to hit any of those rocks that were there. It's an Indiana Jones movie. Also, the bad guy, I have no idea who that, how that dude survived. He got smoked with a piece of metal yeah. in the head while the train was flying by. Yeah. How the hell do you survive that? I, pff, I don't know. <laughs> you just got to give it that one, though, because he's going to come okay, back Okay, Indiana Jones, you have to give it a lot in every movie. Like, every movie has very fantastical stuff that just isn't going to happen but that's what indiana jones <laughs> is okay it's just that but sometimes you're watching this and going okay whatever it's based <laughs> in truth too though there's still there's some there's still some truth in indiana jones there was a holy grail there was a you know spear of destiny or whatever mm-hmm. and the lance of longinus or whatever right and that's not what i'm talking about i'm just talking about some of the smaller things to get people there there's some really crazy stuff that happens but you <laughs> Again, you just go with it because this is what these movies are. I yeah, well, you know, you, any movie you've got to invest some and you have to release some suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. You have to say, "Okay, I am going to give this movie whatever its conceit is if you're going to go along for the ride, otherwise you're out of it." And and a good movie is going to successfully allow you to to release that that conceit or a bad movie is going to not give you that opportunity to be like, all right, I'm going to give you this, you know? Well, and I think too, it's going to depend on how much you enjoy that type of movie. Like for you, a hundred percent, all this stuff is just fine. It's absolutely okay. It's just a given. While I'm watching this, I'm thinking that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't (laughs) happen. That's not how that would work. This doesn't seem very believable. I mean, this stuff is running through my head because I'm not as invested into this franchise as you are so i think sometimes it's not just necessarily if it's a good movie or bad movie i really do think is this your type of movie there is that i'll give you that i mean people do have to be willing participants in the film so Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely if you're not a willing participant if you're just going to sit there with your arms crossed like i do at some movies to be completely honest with you if it's got michael bay's name on it i'm just gonna cross my arms and be like fuck this guy you know Mm -hmm. And, and and I'll admit that's a that is a fault of mine. Like I definitely have. Then I'm not going to say snooty because I mean you've seen some of the movies that I've watched. I'm not like a <laughs> snooty movie guy, but but like there are I do have grudges against certain <laughs> certain actors and certain directors. I don't know. Yes, you do. <laughs> I don't know why. I just do. But whatever. So what I'll tell you what does take me out of a movie is bad special effects. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but I feel like. The de-aging, while it's been getting a lot of, like, fans have been saying, oh, it was really good. But for me, it looked like Indy's face was hovering over his body in a lot of the scene. I thought it looked pretty good, honestly. I was going through this, and I'm like, man, they're getting really good at this de-aging thing, because I thought it looked good. I feel like the de-aging in Days of Future Past, not Days of Future Past, excuse me, in in The Last Stand, X-Men The Last Stand, was better than this. Hmm. This was... Bad. And I think part of, I think what really didn't help it is that Harrison Ford, I love him. I love Harrison Ford. He did a fantastic job in this movie. Don't get me wrong. But he sounds like an 81 year old man, as he should. 
Yeah. And if you've got an 81-year-old man's voice coming out of a face, a face of a guy that's supposed to be in his 40s, I'm already I'm already out. Yeah. You know? Huh. I don't see it the same way. I thought it was pretty good. But mm. uh, again, I some of those special effects things go over my head. I don't pay yeah. it as much attention to it as you do in some of those movies. So. I had the same problem with The Irishman mm-hmm. in that you know, Robert De Niro moves like an 80-year-old man <laughs> yeah, in that does. movie. <laughs> Like you can plaster any face you want on them on the on that that actor, but if he's still moving like he's eighty, and I'm supposed to believe he's in his late forties, you've yeah. lost me, man. You know, you've lost me. Yeah. And this isn't, and I mean, uh, there's been a lot of accusations of people being ageist, and I'm not trying to be ageist here at all. I'm saying I'm I, by the time we get back to indie, like regular indie, not CGI indie, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Because he looks the part. He feels like Indiana Jones. I don't give a shit if he's 81 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck if he's 100 years old. If mm-hmm. he looks like Indy, he's Indy. If it's also, Harrison Ford, he's Harrison Ford. Yeah, also, know? I felt like you said Harrison Ford did a good job. I yeah. think when it came to the certain development moments where he's talking about his son dying mm. and different stuff like that, he did awesome. Yeah. I, I felt his grief. I felt his pain. He was conveying it really well. So... Yeah. I, th- I thought he did a good job. Yeah, there's no two ways about it. Harrison Ford knocked it out of the park when it comes to the acting in this film. Mm-hmm. Like, he knocked it right the fuck out of the park. He's fantastic, and he'll always be fantastic. I'll watch anything with Harrison Ford in it ever. I mean, I hope he continues to make movies until he dies. So, but anyway, that being said. If he wants to. If he wants to, yeah. And like, we're not going to, like, you know, put a gun to his head and force him or anything. You must that would make be movies. crazy. <laughs> anyway, so after after this flashback sequence, we go back to 1969, Moon Day, which is the day of the Apollo 11 moon landing, and we see Indy waking up, and he's living in an apartment all by himself, and he has, you know, he's 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 got noisy neighbors. He's turned into kind of a curmudgeonly old dude who works at the college whose students are just not interested in what he's got to say. Mm -hmm. And it turns out he's being forced into retirement too. Mm -hmm. Like you feel bad for him. Yeah. I feel bad for him. My first thought was where the fuck is Marion? Well, we get to see, we find out, we do find out, but like as soon as, as soon as he wakes up and he's in this apartment next to these kids and I'm like, wait a minute, where's Marion? Like my note in the, my, in my notes, it's like, where's Marion? And then like, as soon as I was typing that, I looked up and you see the petition of divorce. Mm-hmm. She's trying to divorce Indy. Mm-hmm. We don't know why, but we will find out that it's due to the, her grief and his grief as part of their son's death, their son Mutt from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, who doesn't even get a name mention in this, by the way. Yeah. Like. How hated do you have to be to never even get mentioned by name? Like, people really didn't like Mutt. I didn't mind Mutt. I thought Mutt was fine. So, I just watched all these movies. Yeah. Like, in two and a half days. Rewatched all these movies. Because, again, it's been a while since I've seen them. So, I felt like I should watch them. That sounds like the best days ever. I am done with Indiana Jones for a while. (laughs) I could tell you that. I'm Indiana Jones out. The character of Mutt. I thought was fine. I I mean, he's his son. He's in there doing things. And I, I, I don't understand why people had a problem with it. Was it because they were worried he was going to take Harrison Ford's place so they just mm-hmm. automatically hate him? That's exactly why. That's exactly why. And that's the same reason people are getting toxic about Phoebe Waller-Bridge. 
they think she's supposed to replace Indiana Jones. I think this movie solidifies the fact that nobody is going to replace Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get, you know, Helena Shaw in the Temple of Doom. It's just not going to. I mean, if it does, I guess I'm wrong, but it doesn't. It's not going to have the same ring to it. You're never going to. Yeah. It's never going to ring the same way as Indiana Jones and the whatever. Yeah. You know. Yep. So I think people are reactionary as fuck and it drives me nuts but it is what it is so at one of his classes before he gets forced into retirement he meets a young woman helena who sits in on the lecture and kind of contributes to it and starts talking about like archimedes dial and she follows him out after he's after he has his retirement party and they are being followed by a cia agent turns out that she is working the cia agent is working for a man named schmidt who is voler the bad guy that got knocked off the train in the beginning of the movie he works for nasa now (laughs) which i mean that's not that's not untrue we did do that that's how we got to space is we used nazi we used nazi scientists to get Mm -hmm. to space yeah yeah, this this that character Voller is actually based on an actual person. Oh, he is. Yeah, I didn't know that. Who's he based on? Okay, so he's based on a real life person. It's loosely based. It's not mm. like super true or anything like that. But Werner Werner von Braun was a real life German rocket scientist who went from being a Nazi party member to inter- integral figure in the U.S. arms race and space race with the Soviet Union. So happened a lot. It's either yeah. you're going to go to trial for murder or you can work for, work for us. Yeah. So it's, like I said, it's it's loosely based on that. It's mm. it's not like a true story based on his life or anything oh, like that. Okay. It's so just, it's, it's just there was a person that I this, gotcha. did this. And there were a lot of people like that. I yeah, thought you meant that yeah. there was a specific person. Okay. No. There's not. All right. So it turns out that Schmidt, or Voller, is working with a couple of other Nazis named Kleber and Hauk. Hauk is like... A gi- gigantic man. He looks like a Hulk. <laughs> Doesn't he? I mean, that dude was huge. Yeah, he was big. That guy was a big man. They need to have a big person on the bad guy team every time that Indiana has to fight. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But he doesn't get to throw this guy into a plane propeller or anything. No. Or put him into a rock crusher. That dude. He tried to save that dude in, in Temple of Doom, though. Did you notice that? Yeah. He was like, I'm not going to let this dude die. Right. But he couldn't stop him. Yeah. He turned into a streak. Yep. Anyway, man, I love those movies. Anyway, so <laughs> they're good movies. They're good movies. What do you want from me? So these guys are trying to find the Dial of Archimedes because Schmidt slash Voller wants to undo the past and help the Nazis win World War II. In the meantime, Helena catches up with Indy. And he realizes, oh, this is my goddaughter. This is Basil's kid. And, and he's, you know, he's, his God, he's her godfather. And she talks to him about her own work as an archaeologist and how she tries to continue her father's work. And she says she's been looking for, like, the two halves of the dial. She says the dial has been split in two, and she wants Indy to help her find the half in Tangier. Indy's not sure that he wants to do that because that's what drove Basil out of his gourd. Like... He went a little nuts trying to figure out this mm-hmm. dial. But 
turns out Indy has one part of the dial. He knows that it's been split in two. He took one of the pieces Mm -hmm. and he gives her the one piece. And they get split up after he gives her the piece because the Nazis show up. They've been trailing them. And they're in the storeroom at the college, so they're they make a they make an exit, you know. But not before the Nazis end up killing two of Indy's colleagues at the at the college. And Helena runs off with the dial. Indy gets captured but ends up losing the Nazis in a parade in a parade chase where he ends up with a, a police officer's horse. This chase was cool, but I felt like it went on a little long. Yeah. I really liked it. I felt very indie, but it went on too long. And I think that I think that's one of the failings of this movie is that it goes on too long. There's too much to it. Mm-hmm. They needed to trim back some of these things. Like the action sequences are great, but what made what made the action sequences in Raiders and Temple and Last Crusade and even Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is that they were not 10-minute action sequences. There were five, six, seven-minute action sequences, and then you move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie falls into that trap of bigger, better, faster, more that we get with so much media these days. Every movie has to be two and a half hours to three yeah. hours long nowadays. I don't get it. Yeah. Too long. Now, I don't mind the movie being two and a half hours if you've got two and a half hours with the story, but if you're flushing out an action sequence that that should be only five minutes long and you're doubling it. action sequences. Yeah. yeah, there are several action sequences in this movie that end up being way too long. The train sequence at the beginning, way too long. Yeah, that beginning was a really long opener. Yeah, yeah. So Indy is being framed for the murders of the two professors at at the college but his old friend sala takes him to the airport and tells him hey go to tangier you know but i want to come with you this is why i think sala is an extraneous character in this movie why do you just have him there to be like hey i want to come with you and indy say nope fuck off sala i'm going on my own also we kind of set up what i think is going to be a pattern of oh, we're going to bring back a previous character to help him progress to the next stage yeah. of the adventure. But, yeah, so he does. We'll get there. But Saul, I feel like, should have gone with. I mean, he doesn't have to be with him every second of the way, the rest of it, but I feel like he should be there like he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He wasn't with him the whole time, but he was with him at various points during that time I, I don't understand why Sala couldn't have been with him. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if you're getting the band back together, really get the band back together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. It is what it is, I guess. I, I just felt like Sala was underused. If you're going to introduce John Reese davies character again, mm-hmm. but give him something to do. Yeah. I mean, Indy could have gotten to the airport on his own. He didn't need Sala to do yeah. that. Yeah. It could have been anybody that could have helped him. Mm-hmm. But... They made it. They made a point to make it Sala, and it makes it feels. It feels like underused. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, so he takes off for Tangier, and he ends up at a casino, which is owned by a criminal named Big Rahim, whose son Aziz is a jilted lover of Helena's. Is he regular sized Aziz? 
<laughs> Rahim. <laughs> regular size Rahim. Like regular size Rudy yeah, from Bob's yeah, Burgers. Yeah. God, I love that show. That's such a good show. <laughs> it is a good show. <laughs> but he's he's Helena's lover. Not big, not big Rahim, but Aziz. Indy goes into the casino and he finds Helena auctioning off the dial. She's a bad guy. She is a bad guy, right? But not for long. She's going to no. inexplicably change. Yeah, it, she like, does. Like, you don't... The problem with the way that they did this, I think, and I've been thinking about this since we saw the movie, I think the problem with the way that they did this is we don't get any character beats for her where we see her start to change. Mm -hmm. We don't see, we don't understand why she goes from, I'm selling all these things, bug it, to, oh my gosh, I have to save Indy. Right. You know? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because she left him there at the college to be killed yeah or captured or, or framed whatever. for whatever yeah. yeah she didn't care then nope but all of a sudden she does later yeah and again inexplicably so there, there needs to be a character moment and i think if you cut short maybe five minutes out of each of these action sequences you have time for helena's character moments mm-hmm. that's the thing is that all of these other indiana jones movies they have character moments mm-hmm. you can intersperse them into action sequences like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull did or like Temple of Doom did. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like have them be separate, but they don't give her her due. I think she's also an underserved character. I agree. They yeah. did in here start really pushing the thought that maybe she was going to be the next Indiana Jones because they... She's got kind of a, other than that she's selling this stuff. That's yeah. kind of a big thing. Yeah. But she has a sidekick that she, I'm going to say, quote unquote, acquired or met. <laughs> Boy, that sounds met, dark. Well, you know, I, 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 I met, hung out with, started, you know, building a relationship. Yeah. I, I don't know. Teddy. However you want to say it. Mentoring. She's mentoring him. In the similar way as to what Indy did with Short Round back in Temple of Doom. Yeah. And then there's other beats through this that makes you feel like, oh, they're really going to push that she's going to be the next one. So that's why I was kind of wondering myself through this whole movie if they this movie's a lead up to replacing him with her. I don't think so by the end of it, but I feel like they were kind of pushing moments at you to make you think that. I think that they teased that, definitely. Yeah. And I think that if you're going to do that, do it with an established character. You either bring back Mutt or you bring back Short Round. Yeah. Where's Short Round? I would have loved to see Ki Hoi Kwan again Yeah. in this. I, I did read that he was not asked back. Part of it was he... It was right around the filming time of every... Everything. Everything everywhere all everywhere, at once. Everywhere all at once. Yep. It was kind of around that same time and there was something else going on. And then they just decided not to. They're going to move in a different direction. Yeah. Not to ask him. Okay. Well, if we got everything everywhere out of that, I'm fine with it, I guess. But I do think that, I do think that this is a, this role, this Helena role is a better role for short round, a better spot mm-hmm. for short round. Yeah. You know, because if you're going to. If you're going to tease the idea that somebody's going to replace Indy, who are you going to believe? Some random person that just showed up or short round? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I would I would have 100% bought into, oh my God, they're setting up short round to be the next Indiana Jones. Yeah. 
but this Helena thing, I knew that it was it was a it was a misdirection. Mm-hmm. You could tell. I mean, I, I could tell. I I just had a feeling. You know, it was just a gut feeling. They're never yeah. going to do that. Yeah. You know, we may get stuff with her in it, but it's not going to be a replacement for Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones will survive in some way, shape, or form. Books, comics, mm-hmm. an animated series they've been discussing for decades. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know, something. I also think that it might have been interesting to keep Helena as kind of a bad guy or maybe even a neutral is she good bad by the end of this yes 100 percent, 100 percent, 100 percent. it is refreshing though to have a strong strong strongish female character who isn't a love interest yeah that was nice to see it was a little refreshing that to see that we've got she is participating in all of these action sequences much the same way that you know, actually in a, a vastly different way from Elsa in Temple of, or in Last Crusade and Willie in Temple of Doom. Those guys were just victims of whatever was going on. Marion, mm-hmm. Marion participated mm-hmm. in Yeah, she Raiders. would jump in with those gun things and yeah. start going she after punching people. people out half yeah, the time. She was, she was there. I, I, I do like Marion's character in, in the series. I think she's... For that reason, that she participates, she's not just there for eye candy. She's Indy's equal, yeah. yeah. Which is which to me makes perfect sense why they married her, married him off to her mm-hmm. in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, mm-hmm. and why I was a little devastated that they were doing this divorce thing with yeah. them, yeah. Because Marion and Indy belong together, no matter what happened in Temple of Doom and Last Crusade. Marion and Indy belong together. So, but anyway, we'll get to that. So even though when, once Indy shows up, once Indy shows up at the casino and sees what's going on, he tries to intervene, um, and Indy and Helena and her sidekick Teddy that you mentioned, they end up running off. But the Voler and his goons have tracked them down to steal that dial, and the trio kind of have to get away from Rahim and his goons while they are also running from the Nazis. So we get this tuk-tuk chase, which I think also felt very indie. Mm-hmm. It was a very indie thing, but it went on too long again. I felt like it went on too long. Mm-hmm. Like, my God, at the point, at, at some point, I remember thinking to myself, are we still doing this? Why can't we just get on now? Get on with the story. Let's move An on. An action sequence has gone on too long when you start getting bored. Yeah. You should not be bored with action sequences yeah. like this in a movie. And I agree. I Both times I was starting to get a little bored. Like, okay, I am just want to close my eyes and take a nap here at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it just, I was starting to lose interest. Yeah. Yeah, so the they lose Raheem, and Voller and his men get taken by the CIA agents that we were talking about before, who really are completely in- inconsequential to the story. All they are are a way for Voller to get a plane so they can continue to chase Indy. Mm-hmm. But Indy and Helena know about the tablet. There's a tablet in the Aegean Sea in Athens that will help them find the other half of the dial. And this is where they are going to get Indy's old buddy, a sea captain, to help out. Now, if you're thinking Captain Katanga from Raiders of the Lost Ark, my friends, you're wrong. It's not. It's another random character that they just made up. This... Which 
if you're going to make up this guy, why not make up somebody for Sala? Yeah, this was the second part where I was mentioning with Sala where I thought, okay, maybe they're just introducing older characters to right. move the story along. I was trying to figure out where I should know Ronaldo from because the way Indy says it, I know this guy. Yeah. He can help us out. I've got an old friend. Why and there's would a sting you of music. even say that if it's a complete new person? It doesn't make any sense. It didn't make sense to me. But it did take me a while because I'm sitting here trying to rack my brain like, okay, what movie was this guy in? Because I don't remember this guy. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't in any of them. This is why Katango would have be, would have made more sense. Yes. Made more sense. Yes. But uh, no, it's not him. So they take him. Out, he takes him out on a boat to this location and they're going to go on a deep sea dive to get this thing. But before they do, Helena asks Indy what he would use the dial for if the dial actually worked. And he says that he would go and con- convince his son Mutt not to enter Vietnam, not to enlist. Because number one, his son dies. And number two, it's what breaks him and Marion up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he says, I just want to talk about this character moment real quick. Yeah. He says it's because she could not get over her grief. But right. by the end of it, you you realize that he also could not get over his grief. Oh, he's projecting 100%. And it, it's, it's definitely both of them. Saying it without saying it. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm going to ask here. Yeah. Does Helena really need Indiana Jones to get this dial? No, because she knows where this tablet is. But she needed the other piece is what she needed. She needed she the needed other piece. She needed the piece that Indy had. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? You're right. She could have just run into the uh, the college and stole it from him. She's stealing all kinds of other artifacts. Unless she tried looking and couldn't find it, but I feel like she's a smart lady. She maybe would have been able to figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, I just oh, had shit. that I just had that thought of No, that's a damn good point. That's a damn good point. If, you know, does he really need to be in the story? Obviously he does cuz it's Indiana Jones, but for the plot itself, if he was taken out, I think the plot could have progressed the same way. Huh. Shit. I don't like that at all, but you're right. You're right. Now, I might be I, I might be wrong. Maybe when we get into a little part at the end here, maybe it'll be different, but who knows? That's just, mm. I just had a thought. No, because she knows where the other, she doesn't need him to find the tablet that will direct them to no, the other half. No, she knows where that's at. She needs... She said she needed his help mm-hmm. to get the other piece in, in Tangier. But she didn't because she knew where the oh, tablet was. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. It's a, it's a misread of the line. It's a misread of the line. She doesn't need him to get his help. She doesn't need him to get the other piece in Tangier. She needs him to get the other piece to Tangier so that she can sell it. She doesn't know where the other piece is. The one that Indy has. Right, that that one. So that's so. Right, so that's that's the part where. That's where he's needed. She needs him so that she can get her hands on that, so that she that can doubt. sell it. She knows where the other part but is. But that's the part where. I mean, she couldn't go rummage through his stuff and find it. Yeah, I suppose. But if she doesn't even know that he has it, why would she start there? But she does seem to know he has it, because she says, "I knew you had this." She says, "I knew it." She says something along those lines. Shit, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Anyways. I do like that line read, though, that I need you to help me get this to Tangier so that I can sell it. Is a different read than mm-hmm. I need you to help me, you know, 
get the other tablet in Tangiers. Tangier, sorry. Anyway, so Ronaldo and Helena and Indy, they scuba dive down to locate this tablet, and they have to <laughs> swim through a whole bunch of eels, which is just another snake thing, right? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. In Raiders, the, he goes down on a rope and has to deal with snakes, right? Yeah. And in this, he goes down on a rope and has to deal with eels. Yeah. Is this another Raiders? Is uh, Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to have to dig into that a little bit, but it feels like it's starting to feel like maybe they did some remaking of some of the Indiana Jones movies in this movie. I need to think about that a little bit. But. Okay. Huh. Anyway, they, they end up getting it. They swim back to the surface, but the Nazis have located them and they they take them captive. Voller ends up shooting Ronaldo and then tries to persuade Helena with diamonds to join their cause. But she has had a change of heart for some reason and decides to... Look, she was going to sell the dial anyway. Mm-hmm. Why not just sell it to these guys? She probably made more money than she would have made selling it in Tangier, right? Yeah. I, my thought process is that while she's hanging out with Indy, she's maybe remembering how things were with her dad and you know maybe she's getting a little bit more nostalgic and maybe she's having a change of heart as to maybe this wouldn't be good to fall into the bad guy's hands. But we don't see any yeah. of that. I, I feel like that's where I'm supposed to go with her character, but we don't we don't see any of that. We don't see any dialogue to get us there. It's it's just it's all of a sudden here we are. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. There is no we're meant to meant to make that leap, but there's nothing to lead us along that way. But we're supposed to just shrug our shoulders and go, she's a good guy now. Last thing we knew, she was a bad guy selling artifacts that, by Indy's estimation, should be in a museum, right? Mm -hmm. That's what he's all about. Indy is all about preserving history. Yeah. Which, we'll get there, but that's going to lead me to a major, major fucking problem with this movie. So, she ends up, she's holding a stick of dynamite, and Indy helps her light it, and then that gives her and Teddy and Indy a chance to get off the boat and onto another boat as that's exploding. They end up in Sicily and they and Teddy splits off from the group and gets taken by the Nazis. And Indy and Helena witness them taking him away and try to follow by stealing a wedding car. And then they, the Nazis, and Teddy all arrive at the same cave where this tomb is located. Teddy gets handcuffed to the big Hulk guy but he manages to so basically they're they're crossing this bridge over this this river or like that's an underground river or something like mm-hmm. that and the bridge that they're on breaks because the hulk guy is too too big and he's handcuffed to Teddy at this point but Teddy manages to get out of his cuffs and he he locks the dude underwater to die this was pretty brutal i thought that's fucking disturbing yeah that is not like look short round he karate kicked a bunch of guys, might have made some dudes die here and there, but he never locked a dude underwater to drown. That is the most disturbing thing a sidekick has ever done in one of these movies, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, that was pretty pretty dark. I thought, well, if he just left him, he could have swam back the other way because he wouldn't have gone through that little hole because he was too big of a guy to go after Teddy. Yeah. I I don't know. I I don't know if I was okay (laughs) with him handcuffing him underground, but yeah. So while they're separated from, or while, while the Nazis are dealing with trying to get Teddy back, Indy and Helena get to the tomb and they find the dial of Archimedes in Archimedes hands. The tomb of Archimedes actually has his corpse in there (laughs) his bones Mm -hmm. i guess and as they're pulling it away from his hands all i could think of is there's a scene in young frankenstein where i almost almost said frankenstein but it's young frankenstein in young frankenstein where he's trying to take this book from his grandfather's corpse's hands and as he's pulling it away the corpse pulls it back and that's the first thing i thought of when they were pulling the the dial away from archimedes i was like oh he's gonna pull it back no he's not never mind okay but they also find a wristwatch, a wristwatch, not in the tomb, on Archimedes' hand. Mm-hmm. And Helena deduces that Archimedes has time traveled. Now, I understand that this is an Indiana Jones movie, but if you go into an ancient tomb and you find a wristwatch on someone's hand, on the hand of a corpse in the tomb, are you automatically going to jump to time travel or are you going to go, someone was here before and they left their wristwatch for some inexplicable, inexplicable reason? Well, normally I would say option two. However, they're looking for a time traveling dial. Half of a time traveling dial. Right. But they have the other half. So at one point, Archimedes would have had both halves because he made this thing. That's true. So in that instance... You would probably think option one, that he time-traveled. Sure, I guess. Just at that moment, Voller and his men find them again, and he takes them prisoner. He ends up shooting Indy, and he reveals his plan. And this is where (laughs) shit really starts to unravel for me, okay? (laughs) This plan is bonkers. This plan is... This plan... He... Okay. I'm just going to say it. There's no other way to do it. I'm going to say it. He plans to go back in time and kill Hitler. But not as a baby. Not as a baby. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. His plan is to go back in time and kill Hitler and take Hitler's place as the leader of the Nazi party. Because he can do it better. He can out Hitler Hitler. So so this this movie <laughs> so is literally, this movie is literally, what if you could go back in time, kill Hitler? What would you do? And this dude's thing was, I'd do it better. It's not like, oh, I'd go back in time and kill Hitler and save all the Jews that he murdered. No, this guy's like, I'm going to kill more Jews and I'm going to do it more efficiently. Watch. That's because he's in uh, all in on that Nazi <laughs> I process, like, I guess. I don't like, know. What? Like, like, this is the, like, in the writer's room, when they were putting this together, did somebody say... Hey man, did you ever have anybody ask you what would you do if you went back in time? Could you kill and you killed Hitler? What would you do? And somebody said, "Holy shit, put Indiana Jones in that, and this is perfect." Maybe who knows? <laughs> I almost laughed when that was his plan. I was so close to laughing, and I've never in my life in in, in like laughed in an Indiana Jones movie in jest. Only with, along with the jokes. Speaking of which, there weren't a lot of jokes in this movie. No, not really. All the other Indiana Jones movies have some really funny, sarcastic, snide jokes. Indy is that guy. 
Maybe it's because he's older, maybe it's because he's going through a divorce and he's lost his son, that that's different, but it didn't feel very indie for him not to be making those jokes. And he didn't use that bullwhip very much. Not very much at all. No, maybe real-life Harrison Ford can't snap it as well as he used to. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my, my arm's 81 years old. I'm shit. I mean, my arm right now, I couldn't freaking do it, but when I was 16, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Your neighbors were probably like, what is going on with that kid? (laughs) (laughs) What a weirdo. (laughs) Yes, I've been a weirdo my whole lives, folks. So, Voller takes the other half of the dial and he combines the two. And then he takes Indy on a plane with him because their plan is to use the dial to locate a rift in time and fly through it back to Sicily 1939. So you're right, it wasn't when he was a baby, it was 1930s. <laughs> and Indy says, ha, I've got you. You didn't take you didn't take continental drift into account because Archimedes wouldn't have known about continental drift. It wasn't discovered or it wasn't, you know, found to be a thing until after Archimedes' time. But that's not the biggest problem. The other problem is altitude. How would the dial locate where this thing was up in the sky? Because they didn't even have balloons by then, by an Archimedes time. They didn't even have balloons to bring people up to other altitudes. There's so much that doesn't make sense about this (laughs) dial. Now, to be fair, this dial is a real thing. Archimedes did make this dial, but it was for like... Math stuff, like yeah, it was was a computer, old timey computer type thing. It's considered to be the world's first computer. It was definitely not a time traveling thing. (laughs) Are you sure? Of course, they had to make up some stuff and just go with it. So again, sure, this is kind of where I feel like you have to kind of suspend some of this disbelief a little bit because you're talking about an Indiana Jones. Okay, my to be clear, my problem is not the mystical properties of this dial. It's not at all, because the Ark of the Covenant doesn't really come to life and, like, murder Nazis. <laughs> Though it would be cool if they were to ever find it. Did they ever find the Ark of the Covenant? I don't know if they ever did. I don't know. Where are you, Indy? We need you. And to be fair, the crystal skulls that are real in Brazil or wherever it was, Peru? Peru. Peru or Brazil. One of those South American countries. They're not from aliens. What? As you would say. They're not from interdimensional <laughs> beings. They're simply, you know, they're simply one of those unexplained great wonders of the world type things. They they always will attribute a mystical power to this. I have no problem with the fact that the dial has these mystical powers. My problem here is, there's two parts to my problem, and I'll tell you the first part now, is that the way that they describe the dial working would not work because they, like historically... There's no way for that dial to actually know how to get them, how to how to predict where in the sky that would work because it was made by a man who had no idea how to get up there or how, how to calculate mm-hmm. for up there. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't work. Wouldn't work at all. Forget continental drift. Just the fact that you can't, like, they can't get up there. How would he predict where it's going to be? How would he be like, well, we've got to make sure we take into consideration altitude. My lord, what's altitude? Fuck if I know. We're just going to put it in here. So, uh, you know. Anyway, that's that's my one problem with it. I'll get to my other problem here in a little bit. So they actually use the dial, and it actually does open up a rift in time. 
No, it's not supposed to open a rift. It's supposed to find the rift. Sorry, it locates the rift. It locates a rift in time, which tells me that there are time rifts that pop up all over the place. Do people... Maybe this is what's over the Bermuda Triangle. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Shit, I like that. That's cool. Because if it's there, right? It's just there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People just accidentally fly through it? It's localized, yeah. Ooh, I like that. That's cool. <laughs> that's a cool way of that's a cool way of interpreting it. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, so I guess the, these things are just always all over the place, and they maybe you just be. accidentally walk through it and <laughs> like imagine being like, "Hey, I'm gonna walk to work today." You know, you're coming from your car to the office, and all of a sudden, oh, it's awfully cloudy right here. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's walk through the cloud instead of around it. <laughs> <laughs> Do they only work back in time? Or do they work forward in time? They could you didn't imagine address that? Huh? Could you imagine walking through and being like thirty five hundred, the year thirty five hundred, be like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, because your brain could like you walk into this thing, your brain could like normalize for a quick second and be like, oh, this is the nineteen twenties or somewhere around yeah. there. Be like, oh, okay, there's still cars and you know shit like that but they're old timey something happened i must have traveled through time but if you walk through and you're in like the year 9000 yeah everything is going to be so fucking different by then we might not even be on this planet you might right. be the only creature on this planet be like or there oh, might not shit. even be a planet right be like oh shit <laughs> like some new dinosaur comes along and eats you and that's the end of you and you're confused and like disoriented in in the year 9000 and eaten by a new dinosaur that just came into existence because humans couldn't quit fucking with science. Anyway, they never mentioned that. They never say can you go into the future. Mm-hmm. Why not? The dude was obsessed about going to the past and the other ones didn't want to use it. For How did travel. he know that that one was going to take him to the past? Well, there was some kind of dial thing. They had to put in certain coordinate things to find the right one or whatever. But it just happened to be right where they were at. So, <laughs> you know, okay. it's very, All right. very convenient. So they go back in time and they're followed by Teddy. And Helen is actually on the plane because she stowed away. But they're followed by Teddy in another plane that he hotwired. Yeah. Planes don't have keys. How do you hotwire a plane? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know because I've never been... Someone who hotwires anything. So if somebody knows, let me know. But can you hotwire a plane? I don't know if you can. Anyway, so they all go through. And Voller turns to Indy and he says, Ha ha, success! It's Sicily 1939! And how does he know that? Because they're how many miles up in the sky at this He's point? He's just excited. And, yeah. <laughs> but if you look down, it's obviously not 1939. There are, like, Roman warships down yep. there. <laughs> if he just stops for a second, he'd be like, this Sicily 19... Oh, shit. Oh, shit. What the hell is that? Turn it around. We gotta go back. <laughs> but what the, what's happened is they've, they've arrived at the Siege of Syracuse. Not Syracuse, New York. It's a totally different siege, guys. The Siege of Syracuse, Sicily, where the Romans were attacking. And we meet Archimedes... Meanwhile, the planes are getting shot down by the Romans because now, the Romans on. think that the planes... Just a quick thought here. Yeah. It just is occurring to me that I feel like Helena says at one point, he made this dial so it only comes back here. She says that later. Yeah, she says yeah. that later. 
So really the dial wouldn't work to go anywhere else. It wouldn't work to go to the future. It wouldn't work to go anywhere else in the past. Damn. It only goes That's right. You're right. She does say that. Yeah. And that's it. So then why would Voller But they don't find that out until they get there. Oh, they don't find it out until later. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You're right. You're right. So, oh, she says it after she has the conversation with Archimedes. Okay. That's when she says That's the dial was designed okay. to come to him. Okay, so we don't know that up until that point, so we're good, right? Mm-hmm. So we're fine. Yeah. But the meanwhile, the Romans are shooting like arrows, like giant harpoons into the airplanes. At the dragons. At the dragons. They call them dragons. And uh, they down the plane that Voler is in, which I'm pretty sure kills them, right? I think so. Yeah, they're dead by that point. But Archimedes has spotted the planes, and he goes to the side of the wreckage, and he pulls the dial away from Voler, and he pulls the watch away from him. This is the same one that Indian mm-hmm. Helena find on him, which explains why he's got a watch. Which, right there, you're altering history. Yep. Now, Indiana Jones, preservation of history is a big thing for him, right? Why wouldn't he have stopped Archimedes and say, no, 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 no. Give me the dial. Give me the watch. You can't let you have that. Did he not see him have the watch? Well, also the plane wreckage is there. Yeah, that too. Yeah, well, how do you get rid of that? You can't put that cat. You can't put that cat back in the bag, right? No. So, hmm. So, they also find Archimedes also finds Indy and Helena, and they have a conversation about the dial, which is where we find out that Helena finds out that that the dial was always meant to just come back to him. But Indy tells Helena to take the dial and go. If the dial only works one way and it only works to hear, how she get back? Well, the rift is still open. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. They, the rift was still get, open. They need to get back through before it closes. Right. They're using Teddy's plane. Yeah. Because they managed to land that plane. There's a pilot on there that was sleeping at the time and he wakes up. He helps yeah. Teddy t- land the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, Indy, this man who has dedicated his whole life to the preservation of history, who knows that if he stays in the past, it would fuck up everything decides he's going to stay there because real life current life is too complicated for him now this isn't unheard of indy trying to do something that he probably shouldn't do mm-hmm. like he went after the grail after elsa died even though mm-hmm. his dad was like no 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 you got to let it go he was still trying to reach for it it was still that pull so maybe he is pulled by this notion that he could help history. Also, he's dealing or not dealing with the grief of his son and the yeah. loss of his marriage. So that's kind of where I took it as is he's not thinking straight at this point. Yeah. But I, if they would have left him back there, I would have hated it. Yeah. Absolutely hated it. So they don't leave him in the past, yeah. which is fine. Absolutely 100% fine. I'm glad they didn't leave him in the past. I just... Indy always comes to his senses, mm-hmm. and he didn't come to his senses here. Right. He gets knocked out and dragged back to 1969. Yep. I would have liked there to have been a character beat for him to be like, no, 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 you're right, you're right. Yeah. He turns away from the cup in Glass Crusade, mm-hmm. you know? He comes back from the Kali cult. Mm-hmm. He looks away from the Ark. He resists the knowledge that the 
interdimensional beings have. But in this, he has to be forced to. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe that is that grief that is clouding that judgment. Mm-hmm. But it didn't feel right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't think it felt right either. Because as yeah. soon as he starts saying that, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, yeah. that's not right. Yeah. That's not right. That doesn't seem right for his character. But as I've thought about it some more, I'm like, okay, I get it. They were trying to go with this guy is not himself right Same. Now. Yeah, yeah. You know, same way. The same thing. I, the more time I've spent with this, the more time I've thought about it, more of this makes sense than it did at first at mm-hmm. first blush. Yeah. So, Indy then after getting knocked out by Helena, wakes up in his apartment and uh, he's alone, but not for long because Helena and Teddy are coming back from the store along with Marion, who's there to make a little cameo appearance at the end to make everybody feel nostalgic. And while I admit it was cute, they did a little call back to the Raiders bit where tell me where it doesn't hurt and I'll mm-hmm. kiss it. And that was cute. Yeah. I like that. I really wish Marion would have been along for the ride. I do. I do too. I wish Marion and Sala would have been more involved with this story. But knowing the character motivations here for Indy, it makes sense why she's not there. Yeah. It's just not what I would have, it's not what I would have picked. And so I don't know if it would have made a better movie, but you know, so. All right. That's the end of the movie. We, we, oh, wait, no, that's right. The, the film starts to close out on Indy's hat, which is hung out to dry, which is another way of saying he's done being over with, done with, yeah, right? Hanging it up. But right as it's about to go black, his hand reaches out and grabs it, takes it off the line. Indy's never really going to be gone. We'll always have Indy. So, and that's the end of the movie. That is. And credits. So, do you have any other notes? Anything else that you want to talk about? No, I think I've gone through everything. Okay, so if we don't have anything else, why don't we do this? I want to know your ranking of the movies, but I want to hear your key render erase of this first, and then let's talk about our rankings. All right. So, this is a rent for me. Okay. I didn't love it. It definitely had some problems, okay. but I didn't hate it either. There was still, it felt like an Indiana Jones movie to me. Sure. Uh, while we're, I'm watching this, it felt like I was watching the same movies that I watched in that two and a half days. That <laughs> I, uh, I binge watched all these movies. Fair. Okay. There's definitely some things I wish they would have done differently, but I'm okay with what we ended up with. The Dial of Destiny Sure, that would have been nice to not do the time travel thing, but time travel for me always is confusing in movies because my brain tries to rationalize how this would actually work (laughs) instead of just (laughs) shutting off and just going with it. Okay. And so I get confused with that stuff. But other than that, you know, it it was decent. I would watch this again. So if you were watching this sometime, I would sit down and watch it with you. So that's your line though, right? That's like where your suspension of disbelief ends is right at time travel. You're like, up, oh, can't go with it. <laughs> I, I, I do. I struggle with that time travel <laughs> for some reason. I always start thinking like, okay, how would this actually work if we did this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. So in baseball, there is a thing called the Mendoza line, which is a batting average that was supposed to have been the lowest batting average that anybody's had over the course of a season. It's batting 200, right? If you're below that, you're considered to be below the Mendoza line. It's named after a guy, a player named Mendoza. I feel like 
there needs to be something in film that is like the cap of your suspension of disbelief. <laughs> and like maybe what we need to call it here is the Jennifer line. That's, <laughs> yeah. wh- that's what I'm going to do. We're going to call it the Jennifer line from now on. You are henceforth the Mendoza of film for this podcast anyway. And uh, so that's where we're going to go. So, All right. How about you? For me, you know, my gut reaction to this was rent. My gut reaction was rent. But I'm going to be completely honest with you. Indy is Indy. And anytime I see Harrison Ford as Indy, I know I'm in an Indiana Jones film. This is a keep. It is probably the softest keep you're ever going to get from me. But it's a keep because it's Indiana Jones. If it was just any other movie, this would be a mild of the most mild of rents. So the fact that it's Indiana Jones gives it a whole bump in category for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse what I was thinking at first, which was rent. I'm going with keep, but again, most mild keep. The acting was phenomenal. The acting was phenomenal. It misses something with without Spielberg's touch. There is something to Spielberg's direction of an Indiana Jones movie that you know where you are even without seeing Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. You could see any of the set pieces and never see Indy and you know that you're in an Indiana Jones movie because of the way Spielberg directs it, because of the director of photography that he uses or directors of photography that he used. I missed Spielberg. I missed Marion. I felt like they underused Sala. But in the end... The tuk-tuk chase, while it was too long, the horse race, the horse chase, while it was too long, still felt indie to me. He didn't use his bullwhip as much, but he still felt like indie. And the fact that no one's replacing him makes me feel good. I mean, I don't want Indiana Jones to be replaced. Nobody wants Indiana Jones to be replaced. I want what's the what comes next. Sure, well, I'll watch whatever comes next. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to have somebody else put a hat on and say, I'm Indiana Jones. No, it's... It- yeah, they need to not copy. They need to maybe take that type of storyline and come up with a new character, a new version of it. Yeah, do yeah. like Romancing of the Stone. <laughs> Wait, they've already done this in the 80s. So anyway, yeah, so it's it's the most mild of rents for me again. So Okay, so now let's talk let's talk ranking. Tell okay. me where, so this, obviously this movie is a top five Indiana Jones movie, but where does it fall for you? Where do the other ones fall? Okay. So I'm going to start at the top. Okay. Because for the bottom for me kind of all gets muddled together a little bit, mm. but my favorite is Last Crusade. I love that movie. That's actually my favorite. I enjoy watching it. I fair. laugh during it. I That's love fair. Sean Connery. He's... <laughs> fantastic you, you have a crush on sean connery i do you know he's do. dead now right i know it was got very, no hope lady i was very sad when i heard he passed were you we have were you like holding like a sean connery picture be like no sean connery, i miss you no i had a few moments of oh that sucks or you should be like i'll miss you <laughs> i didn't know him personally so i wasn't like personally oh, okay, like sure. deeply affected by it but it was sad sure yeah 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 so. it was sad it was i'm not i don't mean to make light of his passing but you know I just, you've always had a crush on him and I think it's cute. (laughs) The next one I'm going to go with is Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's, it's the original. It's where we get Indy. It's where we start with a lot of these iconic things. Mm -hmm. We get Marion in here. It's a good one. It has a few goofy things in there, but so do they all. (laughs) It's had more than a few, but But I love it. It's, it's still good. I, I enjoyed watching that one too. Mm Mm-hmm. 
The next three, I think, could probably be interchangeable depending on the day. What? For me. Depending oh my on my mood. Come on, really? So I'm You're going to throw Temple in with the other two? I don't like that movie very much. I just don't. My heart. Okay. The... I'll get there. Okay. My number three is Dial of Destiny. I put this above the other two. I, what? I enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. It felt like an Indiana Jones movie. And again, like I said, you ask me tomorrow, I might think differently. But <laughs> right I'm going to ask you tomorrow. Let's see where you're at. Right now, my mine is Dial of Destiny. Okay. I really struggled with the 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 next two, but I'm gonna go with Temple of Doom next. the The character of what's the gal gals? Willie Scott. Willie Scott. <laughs> yeah. I despise this character. You're supposed I mean, to. I really, really don't like this. I mean, so much so that I cringed every time she was on the screen. <laughs> I almost shut it off. It took me, this movie took me the longest to watch. Really? Because I, I just had to keep pausing it because I'm like, I can't stand this. It <laughs> it was so over the top with the girly dramatic, oh, I'm going to be screaming and oh, I'm going to be needing my hero to come rescue me and <laughs> and just, just the obnoxious stuff. And then the oh, I hate you so much, but in 30 seconds, I'm going to be trying to take your pants off. You know, it felt like a James Bond female lead to me, like where they always hate the James Bond character, but within seconds they're in bed with him. You know, I, I hate that. And that's one of the reasons why I don't gravitate towards James Bond movies either. And, and I've told you that before. You yeah. know, that's how I feel about yeah. that. And so... That's why Temple of Doom is down at, towards the bottom for me. And I was very mm. close to putting at the very bottom. Wow. Okay. And All it's right. because of that. But the rest of the movie was fine. It was okay. You get rid of Willie Scott. I probably love that movie. <laughs> but I just, I cannot stand that character. Okay. I, but here's here's a question for you then. Class Crusade is your number one. Mm -hmm. In that movie, you have a woman who definitely doesn't like Indiana Jones, but she sleeps with him. And in this movie, in Temple of Doom, mm -hmm. she doesn't sleep with Indy. She tries to, but yeah. they get interrupted. So they but never actually think, do anything. I think with The Last Crusade, the, the gal isn't in here as much. She's not shrilly shrieking, screaming. Sure, and sure. There, it's kind of the whole combination of everything. And she was after him for a specific reason. She slept with him because she needed to get, you know, information about Nazi, the grill. So, yeah. And she was a Nazi. See, Indiana Jones doesn't just punch Nazis. Yeah. So that leaves Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at the bottom. Okay. I don't know what it is about that movie, but it just feels a little weird to me. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't like the mutt character, which I know that's what a lot of people's problem is with that movie. But I think the interdimensional being thing is a little weird to me. I got um, you to say it. I don't know. I, I just, there's something about that movie that just doesn't feel the same way as the other movies do. And okay. so that's kind of why I decided to put it at the bottom. Okay. So, so that is my ranking as of today at this moment. Okay. How about you? What's your ranking? All right. I have two. We'll go top to bottom my number one indisputable always the champ is Raiders of the Lost Ark and I think the main reason is because it sets the bar 
it sets the parameter for how you make an Indiana Jones movie what or a movie what you have to have in it to make it a successful indie film. Every single movie mostly has followed this pattern. The second one I would say is Last Crusade because it is most closely associated with raiders in that there are Nazis and they're after Christian mythological relics. Temple of Doom is third because it was, when I was a kid, my favorite Indiana Jones movie. As a kid, I liked Temple best by far, but Raiders as an adult, I recognize as the better movie and the movie that I most relate to. And then we have a bit of a gap. I don't have a top five. I have a top seven. So I'm going to put a blank space at at six, and then I'm going to say seven and eight are Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and then Dial of Destiny. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the ending, yeah, a little wonky, but ultimately still feels like an Indiana Jones movie. I love the fact that they were paying homage to 1950s B-movies. I love that they've moved on from the Nazis. We have a new villain. I really like Kate Blanchett as an actor, and I think she really nails it as Arena Spalco. And I would say Dial of Destiny because it is the least it is the least overall indie feeling movie to me is at the bottom. It does have some very Indiana Jones moments. And anytime that Harrison Ford is on screen, it is definitely you know where you are and you know what you're doing. But I'd say overall, the ending just doesn't sit right with me. So it ends up at the bottom. But, but they are all top five Indiana Jones movies for me. So. <laughs> I mean, there's no, I mean, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm not, I'm not being serious. I'm not leaving a space. I'm just trying to illustrate that, that the first three movies are far better than the last two. Mm-hmm. But even so, ranking the last two kingdom and then dial. I will watch all of these movies again. I will varying times you'll see me watching every Indiana Jones movie I'll go through all of them because I'm an Indiana Jones fan what do we do every time we go to Hollywood Studios and in, in Walt Disney World in Florida what do I have to do we go to the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular <laughs> god damn right because I love it I need to watch it I want to see my hero my hero is Indiana Jones and I want to see it so yep all right. There we are. So, a little bit of a letdown, but not so big of a letdown that not willing to incorporate it in the family of Indiana Jones films, you know? Mm-hmm. What are we doing next, though? All right. Next week, we're going to continue our Be Kind Rewind series. So, we're going back to Spielberg. We are. Apropos. And we're going to cover Minority Report. Ooh, Okay. This is a good one. This one's based on a short story as well, a Philip K. Dick short story, which is also Philip K. Dick also wrote Blade Runner. Not and not a Spielberg movie, but a Harrison Ford movie. We're connecting the dots, people. It's all connected. It's all connected. All right. So have you seen that? Well, we'll get to that, I guess. We'll get to that. We'll talk more about it next week. So we'll see you guys next week right here for some more Spielberg goodness. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. 
You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at a view from the couch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.